0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 89.
1: Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com.
2: Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore.
0: Yo, what's going on all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It is your host Eric Cacciatore and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry and we do it by listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals and we have so much fun doing it. I have a great show for you today. I cannot wait To hit play, Uh, just a reminder that I am constantly, always searching, scanning to connect with people that be guests on the show. If you are someone or you know someone who would make a great guest mentor, please help me connect with them. I would love to capture their story and take their advice and share it all with you. And uh, don't be afraid to connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, Plus. I am everywhere, and I'm just dying to hear what advice you have for me to make this show better. What topics can I cover? What books can I read? Anything. Everything. I want to know. And it starts with you just letting me know. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's all I have. Enjoy today's show. It is a good one. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Alan Hess. Chef, are you ready to drop some restaurants' bombs of knowledge?
2: Let's drop some bombs, Derek.
0: <laughs> All right, man, let's do it. I'll just give a quick introduction, Chef, then I'll pass it over to you to further elaborate. Uh, Chef Alan Hess describes his cuisine as innovative and progressive, but importantly, as Culturally sensitive, while he's not one to stereotype himself as having a signature style, his food embodies slow food take on Hawaii regional cuisine, inspired by Hawaii's plantation era. (laughs) Chef Hess joined, and feel free to come in here, Alan, and uh, correct me if I pronounce some of these things wrong. Uh, Chef Alan Hess joined Mauna Bay Canoe House in 2012 from his namesake restaurant in way way am i saying that right (laughs) yeah
2: uh Waimea Waimea, Waimea.
0: which was called alan's (laughs) table uh where he was both co-owner and chef uh prior to this he was executive chef at the uh merriman's restaurant did i say that right is it merriman's that's also in uh i'm pretty sure i said that right Waimea, Waimea, (laughs) yes and he is a sous chef at alan wong's uh Huala, Huala Grill. Huala Laleigh <laughs> Grill. And I'm just destroying this. Huala yeah, the fine grill. words, man. Yeah. Grill <laughs> in uh, at uh, Roy's Restaurant in uh, Waikola. Waikoloa, yeah Waikoloa, man, I'm such a Howie, it's ridiculous
2: You know, uh, Eric, we gotta do a whole show with you just trying to do I work uh, I need to, work. I need to Greg. spend like
0: a week out there just to learn how, if I'm gonna have more guests on from Hawaii, you guys make it so right, hard on right. me But um, yeah, long story short you have some great experience and um, I just kind of fed our listeners an appetizer of what it is you're doing and your experience but why don't you come at me with the full entree of or how you got to where you are today
2: yeah, Eric, you know what, I started out uh, young. You know, my mom was a great cook. Uh, I always loved food when I was young. Um, you know, I, uh, it, I had a funny story where my mother one time tried to give me a TV dinner. I must have been like seven or eight. And I looked at her like she was crazy. And she she thought she was giving me like, you know, a treat. And I looked at her like, Mom, you know, I don't eat TV dinners, man. I don't eat, I don't eat home-cooked food, you know. So uh, <laughs> I think at a young age, I, I, liked, uh, I liked the food. I remember cooking like, you know, uh, trout when I was young and, and, uh, things of that nature in Northern California. And, uh, and so, yeah, since, since a young age, I always cooked. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, I got my first real job in a country club I was like 14. I was a dishwasher. Um, we'd clean, you know, the cooks would finish wrapping up the entire line and I'd be there all night just scrubbing the walls and the floors and taking mats out and, but you know, I loved it. I don't know what it was. Um, it was, I think, the work and and just uh, I, I can remember the smells of, of things like the hot bleach water on the floor and just little things like that. That uh, you know, I, it was it was a great job. Uh, it was owned by this real hard nosed lesbian. So she didn't <laughs> let me. She didn't. She didn't let me fool around. She wasn't all about that. Uh, and later on, she became a great friend of mine. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was my start. And then, you know, from there, we just uh, always worked in restaurants. I mean, we went to culinary school um, when I was fresh out of high school. I uh, went to culinary in San Francisco. And uh, I remember when I graduated culinary, uh, I, was, I had this little chip on my shoulder. Like, I, people wouldn't take me serious. So I decided to do an apprenticeship for two years. So I named this guy named uh, John Besch, the chef John Besch in New Orleans. And so, uh, yeah, and then from there, it just you know, work, just work nonstop. I haven't haven't stopped working since.
0: <laughs> Chef Allen, I love how you point that out. You know, one of the things I've learned, and it usually comes up with advice on how to, uh, you know, get the funding for your restaurant. Some of my guests just tell me, you know, don't worry about the funding; just worry about working your butt off. Uh, find those mentors, work underneath them, and if you have any talent and you have the work ethic, you know, they'll invest in you. And they'll, or at least they'll help you get to that next level through connecting you with people in their network. So, you know, live intentionally and, you know, do everything on purpose. Don't just take the job that will hire you, uh, search after the people that resonate with you and the people that you want to learn from and take it as a learning experience and, uh, you know, just prove yourself to them and they'll help you get to that next step.
2: You know, a lot of your mentors, I think, uh, they tell you stuff that you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're at a younger age, the, the sooner you realize that they're telling you what you need to know to be successful, and you, uh, the the easier it is to, to absorb knowledge and to take criticism, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: So let's fast forward a little bit into some of the more recent achievements you've had, the places you've worked, the businesses you've started. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Well, you know, I, uh, I was working with Alan Wong as a sous chef. Uh, he's a... Great chef, uh, great businessman, great mentor. You know, did a lot of traveling with him. We went to Japan. We went all over um, the United States. We did a lot of fun stuff. Um, and then after that, we went up to a Merriman's restaurant, which is a kind of the uh, main restaurant in the Big Island for Hawaiian regional cuisine. And uh, was up there as a chef for about four years. Um, you know, real farm to table base. You know, and. And I, I got to say one thing about farm to table, you know, is, um, you know, I, you know, a lot of people give praise for the farm and table. But, you know, it, it, that's how it should really be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you, you shouldn't get praise. What you should be is you should be uh, shunned or it should be brought to light when you're not.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because, you know, if you're a restaurant, you're not – if you're a small restaurant, not a chain, wh- why wouldn't you be farm to table? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and so uh, I, I remember a past show you said you don't think it's a trend. You think it's, it's the way it's going to be going. And I totally agree with you. You know, I, I, Especially in Hawaii, we're on the island. So if you're not farm to table, what are you? I mean, we're stuck in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you know, that's um, exactly why I have people like you on the show. I will only interview uh, restaurant professionals who are working in the indie restaurant uh, sector who are passionate about uh, not just putting food out as cheaply as possible, but to serve good, real food, the real old fashioned. Right. And to keep those uh, cultures and those traditions going and to not get too
2: disconnected of, you know, from what hospitality is all about. So. Right. Um, right. Exactly. Um, you know, right after we did Merriman's uh, we opened up a little restaurant in town and I'm sure we're going to go into it later about, yeah. uh, you know, about it, but you know, um, Uh, I think when you have your own place, I think you really understand the importance of having a restaurant, the importance of staying open because you're providing jobs for a lot of people. Um, You're you're supporting the community as a whole, the money staying within the community Mm -hmm. that you opened your business. And, um, yeah, so unfortunately it didn't work out. You know, We had uh, some differences with investors, but having that restaurant put me in a position to really get um, a hand-picked job. So it worked out really well.
0: Absolutely. Great. So, all right. You share with us your story. Thank you so much. We have a big picture of what you're all about. Uh, before I ask my first question, I want you to share with us, um, a successful or motivational mantra, uh, because this is a motivational inspirational podcast and we want to get that ball rolling. So what do you have for us?
2: I got a couple of them I kind of live by or, uh, you know, they, they you know, kind of things change day by day as, as a chef, you know? So, um, you know, one of the best ones that I was given to by, uh, Chef Alan Wong was he, he came up to me today, hey, how do you win a race? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, train, practice. And he just said, no, nah, you just stay ahead of the pack. <laughs> and as simple as that sounds, you know, but it's true, you know, uh, that's the truth, you know. So the training, the, the reading, all that stuff, uh, yeah, that's a given. You know what I mean? Uh, so if you want to run that race, you have to do those things they are not even worth mentioning because that's what it takes to stay ahead of everybody, you know? So I always like that one. Uh, on a management level, I always like uh, fish rocks from the head. You know, when, when you, um, you know, uh, disgruntled employees maybe or just, you know, um, everybody's not jiving together. There's no real harmony, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I always thought it, it, you, you start from the top down. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I love it. Uh, yeah. Um, a good one I always liked was change equals growth equals stress. So in order for you to grow or change or stress, uh, they all come together. The three work together. Is, there is no dodging one of them. So you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. So I totally understand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you're trying to move up in this world or, you know, this is not just Peter chap, It could be anything and you want to change this or you want to grow in your in your business or within your organization, you know you're going to stress out, but in, in turn for that growth, you're going to get some change and then you're going to stress. And, and so I always thought that was uh, – they just all go hand in hand. There's no questioning that. You yeah,
0: know? and what you're saying in that last quote about change equaling growth, equaling stress, really reminds me of uh, – a book I'm reading right now, it's uh, from the folks over at Zingerman's, it, I don't know if you're familiar with Zingerman's out of Ann Harbor, but it uh, mm-hmm. our anarchist Approach to Building a Great Business. He talks about the 12 Laws uh, of Business Success, and one of the laws is basically, there are no, like, you're always going to have problems. Uh, you can either right. choose to have good problems or bad problems, and you're giving examples of, you know, that change equals growth equals stress is an example of a good problem, but you want you're, right. to, you're never going to be problem-free in this industry. Accept that from the get-go, but you want to strive to have good problems. You want to have right. change so you can grow, and then those that growth is going to create problems, but they're going to be the kind of problems that you can choose to work on and continue to grow. So, I mean, exactly. all of these yeah, man, all these quotes that you're laying down are just awesome, and I love you know the the stay ahead of the pack. uh, You know That's so important, and that's why I'm here. Uh, I started this podcast as a student, and I've learned that the people like yourself who are super successful, they're all students, and they think of themselves as students first, and they never give up being a student because you have to constantly be learning to stay ahead of the path. So, man, the interview is just getting started, and you are just providing some awesome value. I'm pumped up. Uh, so let me ask you, chef, what would you say your it factor is? What are the attributes that you have that you think contribute mostly to your success?
2: You know, I think, uh, you know, there's, I think every chef or, you know, um, everybody's got something like you're saying, the hit factor, you know, I think mine's a pretty basic, um, I think hard work, you know, just flat out hard work, and, um, you know, putting your head down and doing what it takes, um, is one of them. And uh, loyalty. You know, I've I've always been loyal to the organization I worked for or a chef I worked under. I've always been loyal. And, um, you know, and those two things have really gotten me far. Um, You know, I've always, I've tried my best to never question my authorities until after I apply what they've asked me to do. You know, they say, hey, go do this. And even though at times you might not uh, understand it or agree with it, you know, I still do it because that's my job is to execute for somebody, whether Mm -hmm. it's the customer or whether it's a chef or a a boss or an owner, their job is to execute it to their, to their liking. So I've always done that. And not to, not to question the authorities, I would do it. Then afterwards come to them at at the right time and say, Hey, why?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Try to learn from that. You know what I mean? And I do that because I always wanted to treat my bosses. Like I want somebody to treat me when I'm in their position. Does that make sense?
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, totally, man.
2: You know, you know what I mean? And I have, like, um, you know, when I was a sous chef, for example, uh, with the hard work, uh, I was a sous chef, and I put in, like, a 10-day stretch, you know, my first long 10-day stretch. And, and I remember at that time it seemed like forever, right? Mm-hmm. And my my chef, he calls in and says, hey, I, I'm super sick. I'm going to be out for two and a half weeks. So I'm, like, sitting there looking at the calendar going, oh, my God, I'm not out of here till the end of the month. I'll work. But I figured, you know, if I can work uh, pretty much a, a month straight, um, all physically and be mentally stretched to a point that, that nobody can ever take back from me. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll learn lessons. I'll just, you just come tougher by doing things like that. And so, uh, you know, but that's just a sample of like just hard work. And I, and I think for stuff with, um, you know, if you're talking loyalty, you know, I think like I was saying, like, you know, if you just work on how to execute what you're, boss might ask of you, and then you you find the right time to to uh, talk to them afterwards, I think is a very, very good thing as far as like with loyalty, you know, it's you just yeah. got to get in there and do it. I think as you move up the ladder, that loyalty becomes uh, more apparent because you might be asked to say, fire someone, you know, something you don't want to do, or you might have to fire an employee that you might like on a personal level, but the owner might be the owner, the one paying the bills. Yeah. And writing that check, right, turn and look at that employee and say, hey, chef, I know you like him, but he's not worth $18 an hour. Mm-hmm. I can get better than that for 18 And And, uh, you know, so at times I think as a chef, you're put in these positions where you might, you know, especially in a restaurant, because we work so so long and hard together. We're all in the kitchen 12 hours a day. You really get to know individuals, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a job. It's a business, and you got to make money, man. And so... um, uh, you know, sometimes that loyalty gets put to the test. That yeah, sense.
0: man, I'm picking up what you're putting down. And it kind of to kind of elaborate on that loyalty, uh, you mentioned how you were very strategic about choosing to go work for people, to find mentors. That ability to find mentors is so good. But if you can be loyal to a mentor and establish that trust and that rapport and, and build on that integrity that you have with that mentor, what I've learned just from these interviews is it's those people that – are willing to mentor you that will see your potential in your strengths and be willing to invest in you and help you get to that next level in your career, whether they're investing with you or whether they're just connecting you with the people they know to help you get to that next level, whether it's being an executive chef or opening your own place. But if you are good to the people that you work for and you you prove yourself to them and you can earn their trust and you establish that rapport, it's such an incredible way to climb that, that chain. Um, so it's all,
2: no, you're right, and, and no, no, and you got to remember. I think a lot of people have to understand that you got to remember your role. You know what I mean? A role as a, a lead line cook is separate from a sous chef. Is separate from a chef de cuisine. Is separate from a executive chef. You know, and, and if you know your role and understand your role, um, then you don't worry about other people. You know, you, you stop. You know, I had a, I got hired as a sous chef under this this great guy named Neil Murphy. He is from New York City originally. I'm going to so stop you real
0: it. quick because I think you're sure. going to go into the next question. So when you tell okay. this story, try to give me how these it factors your hard work you know your your hard work, this worth work ethic that you have, and how your loyalty uh, played into the story you're about to tell and helped you reach that next level and to your overall uh, success as a restaurant professional.
2: Well, yeah, I think. Um, you know, when I, I I was a chef there for a while, I've been the sous chef. I was, you know, running their kitchen for about five years. So I, you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing. You know, and um, but I was still young and punky and all the other stuff. And, and so I go to work on this guy Neil Murphy. He was from New York City. He's a uh, he was a hard ass man. He was great, but a great chef. And he hires me, and he goes, Do "You want your number one, your number one job is." in here and I'm like thinking, you know, control labor, food costs, blah, 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 all the crap that comes with being a chef, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's, he turned and said, no, your job is to make me happy. Don't <laughs> worry about the, and he said, don't worry about the ownership. I'm the executive chef. I'll worry. I'll keep the ownership happy. Yep. And so it really put things in perspective of what my role is. My role was to be loyal to my chef and do it with my chef. And in return, my chef will make sure the ownership's happy. So everybody is playing their role. You know what I mean?
0: I totally understand, man. Yeah, you, uh, you. there is that period where you are the student and you have to look at it as, you know, I'm the student, I'm here to learn, and I'm going to do as I'm told. It's not necessarily bad to question every once in a while because if you notice no. something that the chef doesn't notice, it's your responsibility to bring that to light. But, you know, yeah. approach them in a way that you're there to look out for their best interests um, and just make well, it. Well,
2: you know, On on a smaller scale, you know, I had a chef come to me and say, it was a well-done steak. And uh, the chef says, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grill it on the grill. I want you to smother it in butter, put it on a plate, wrap it in plastic wrap, and throw it in the microwave. Right? And being a cook, you're like, you can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. You you tell yourself, I've never been taught to use a microwave. That's that's anti-everything you're (laughs) talking Yeah. You know, and so we do it. And all the, I remember all the cooks were looking at me, but I was told to do it by my chef. And I said, hey, whatever, chef wants it this way. Just get it done and let's move on with our job, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: And then at the end of the night, I came him and said, man, what, you know, why did you do that? You know, and I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then he told me, hey, listen, Alan, go ahead, cook me a well-done steak, how you normally would on the grill in the oven, and pull one in the microwave, the way I showed you, and taste them. And if you're telling me that the way that you do it is better, then we'll do it. But if my way is better and
1: faster, then we'll do it my way.
2: And sure enough, his way tastes good. So, you know what I mean? A lot of times you go and question afterwards, but a lot of times there's a reasoning behind it. You know what I yeah. mean? I
1: hear and you. And you
2: say, okay. Now, to this day, I personally still don't do it, but I do lather it in butter and herbs, and I throw it uh, in the, um, in the oven, and I make sure to, like, baste it. So I do it slightly different. But the point is, is that I was taught something I learned I kind of agreed with him, but now that I'm in charge, I I don't necessarily need to do it. You know what I mean?
0: I totally understand, man. Yeah, great advice. You know, it's just all about playing that role uh, to get to the next level and uh, earning trust and loyalty along the way. Uh, So we talked about what it is that makes you successful, Chef Alan Hess. Now we need to talk about a time that you just fell hard on your ass and what you learned from that experience and how you got back up.
2: You know, I, I I think two major ones that happened to me probably, um, you know, the first one was when I was uh, a sous chef and I was working for this company and there was a change in the top management. And it was right before 2004, 2005. So all the companies were starting to, you know, uh, cut and uh, really, but they wanted to cut people, but they didn't want to give people unemployment necessarily, right? They wanted to fire them. And, um, and so unfortunately, that's kind of how, what some companies will do. So they, what they try to do is that, you know, you'll get dirt on somebody or you, you they fish for information.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: if you don't, and if you didn't follow policy, then, Hey, we got to let you go. And because you didn't follow this policy, you agreed upon, you don't, you don't get to collect unemployment and they, and they don't get affected at the company. And I remember, um, the, the upper management brought me into my office and or brought me into their office and they said, Hey, uh, you know, ask me questions about my chef, and I told him I, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and the guy just simply leaned over. This was a guy fresh to the island, right? Fresh mm-hmm. from fresh from New York, fresh to the island. It wasn't Neil Murphy, but uh and he had that mainland mentality, right? And and, uh, and he just leaned over and said, Hey, listen, you know, the the train's going one direction. You're either on the train or you're off of it. And I, and I just said, Hey, I I don't know what you're looking for, but I don't I can't give it to you. You know. And, uh, and then about a week later, uh, I found myself without a job, so they fired me because I didn't jump on that train that he was discussing. Mm-hmm. And what made it so hard was that my wife was due four days later with our first child. Oh, man. And so that it hit home because I was scared.
1: Absolutely you know what yeah. I mean? I was
2: scared. And, and uh, you know, and it put a lot of things in perspective. It put in one you know, uh, which companies do they really care for you? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know,
2: which companies out there are really looking out for the interest of their employees? So it made things, put things in perspective for me as far as what kind of company I want to work for from now on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and then and then it came a point for me and my wife to really just kind of look at each other and kind of dig deep and just have each other's back. Yeah. You know? Um, but the great thing about it was, um, like, since it got me through it, was, Aspirations for the future you know what I mean I knew I wasn't going to be there forever I wanted to own my own restaurant sure I wanted to do this I wanted to do that and so it just um, your thoughts for the future is kind of what brings you through there you know you say hey I
0: mean as humans we have that ability we, we have this unique ability as humans to be able to you know either look to the future or to get held up on the past and to let our past right. our potential but you have to make that choice to just move forward, and you can't change the past, but all you can do is take what you learned from the past and apply it right. to getting ahead and, and using these, I wouldn't call them failures, but they're, they're lessons to only to learn from and to live by and to use as leverage to get to the
2: next place faster. So It does, and when you get to that low point, the good thing is you know you're at the lowest, and you can turn to yourself and say, okay, I'm at the lowest I could be at, so there's nowhere but going. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You got it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the That's other the attitude. That you know that. Right, and the next time you hit another low point, you know that you've already been seasoned once before, it's like the first time you put in an 80-hour work week, you know what I mean? Once you do it once, you, your body kind of conforms to it, and you understand it, and and you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, um, Chef Allen, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, you know, that's you know you call it a failure, but really it's just a lesson learned. Um, you know, it's those failures. That's why I asked the question so we can learn from your experiences, and I definitely have learned. So we've reached the part of the show that I've dubbed Knowledge Bombs, and you're just going to drop some big old restaurant bombs of knowledge
2: on us. Some bombs of knowledge.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first question I have for you, Chef Allen, what advice do you have – for funding a restaurant,
2: oh, simple ones, man. Find people who are not waiting on your success to pay their own bills. I think is a good one. Um, and, and find someone who understands your goals, you know, and what you want for the future. And you got to make sure your your goals congeal you together. And uh, always have a great attorney around absolutely
0: um and i think this kind of ties into something we were talking about before the recording uh which is kind of another one of the struggles you had as a restaurant tour getting started uh was with you know finding the right partners right
2: right i mean you, you do you have to find the right partners and and uh or investors whatever how you ended up doing it but uh Yes, you do have to find the right people and you got to make sure that you, you understand each other and, you know, and don't be scared to look into their background. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, don't be scared to Google their name, Google their business, uh, ask questions, you know, dive into the people you're about to get in bed with because when you do this restaurant, it it's, you know, you're in whole hog. So, Absolutely. uh, you know, don't, don't be scared to research your, your other people. I was, I was young and dumb. I didn't do it. I just, I jumped in with two feet thinking everything will work out. So, uh, but in hindsight, uh, yeah, next time I would definitely do it differently.
0: <laughs> what exactly would you do differently the next time around?
2: Well, like, uh, I would be much more picky in the investors. You know, um, I think when you're young, you're just excited that you have somebody who wants to give you some money to do something. Yeah. Um, and you're not realizing the price tag, you know, the, the, the other things that come with that money. Now, interest, say, on a, on a business loan or interest on an investor, that's a given. Mm-hmm. You know, but the other things, you know, what one investor say might be an alcoholic, and you say, "Well, I'll put up a rule that no drinking at the bar." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? When they're drunk and they they might come in and say, "Hey, I'm the I'm the money man. I can drink in my own place." You know, so you might, you know, there's little I think uh, you know signs around everywhere, caution signs that you just have to be open minded to.
1: Mm-hmm. And like
2: myself, I was young. I wasn't. I just I just I still went for it. You know, even though they're there were those caution signs. Um, But, you know, when you're young, you you do dumb things, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been kind of a reoccurring answer from my guests is, you know, just take time to do your research and to find out if your investors are a good match for you. Do your visions, you know, align? Do your ethics align? Uh, Are they in it for the right reasons? That's so important. These are uh, they're like they're life partners. You know, you want to look at them as somebody who you're going. This is your life. Your restaurant's your life, yeah. and they're your partner. And you can't just accept money from anybody. So it's incredible advice. No, uh, you can't.
2: You can't accept money from yeah, anybody. Man. That's
0: for sure. <laughs> All right, what advice do you have for hiring good people?
2: Uh, for hiring good people, yeah, I say be, be sincere. Uh, give everyone a chance, whoever they may be. It uh, could be a dishwasher. It could be the a cleaner, just hey, hey, it could be anyway. Just give everybody a chance, and I think your staff needs to know that you care for them. Mm, I, think, I think they got to know that that they come first in your eyes before mm-hmm. before the guests, even.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, it's that servant leadership, uh, you know, style where basically your employees will never work harder for you than you will for them. If that makes right. any sense. They will only work. Yeah as hard for you as you are willing to work for them. So if you want good work, you have to work for them and, you know, uh, take care of them and just, you know, just be good to them. So absolutely. Um, So what advice do you have for, you know, keeping these good people once you do find them?
2: You know, I, I, uh, and you see this all the time on TV shows like bar rescue and whatnot. Um, You know what? You get rid of the bad ones, Mm -hmm. you know, you get rid of the bad employees, take care of the good ones and you have to treat everyone different yep. everyone's not treated the same you you got you know you got to fine tune your management yeah, skills and talk to each individual person you know
0: yeah let's rewind Why is it so important that you get rid of the, the bad ones? what will happen if
2: you don't it just it just spreads hmm. you know uh, bad attitude bad it, it just spreads fast, and you know they never want to go down alone you know your bad people uh when you correct them on something are the first ones to point out everybody else
1: mm-hmm, you know
2: you you good people just look at you in the eye they understand that you're telling them for a good reason you're being respectful of their feelings you're not trying to you know demoralize them in front of anybody and they'll turn to you and say shake their head they know what they have to do to get back at, at work mm-hmm. your bad ones are, are the first ones to say well you know bill does this and jim does that and susie does this and and they and they forget that you're talking to them about what they're doing. Yeah, you know? So get rid of that bad ones.
0: No sense of ownership there. And then you started talking a little bit about how you need to customize how you treat each individual employee. And uh, what do you mean by that?
2: So, you know, I just think each person, you have to understand what makes them thrive, uh, what makes them think. Um, you know, for one person, I might address one way. And the second person might shut them down where they can't even work anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just done. You know, yeah. but the next person I can I can give a good friend I'm talking to, and they and they just, they just get faster and harder. I got a broil cook right now who's like that. It's like I can turn to him and say, "What the hell are you doing, bro?" You know what I mean? And and he just turns around and he kicks it up a notch. Yeah, absolutely. but I might have enough. As right? a,
0: as a leader, it's your job. I mean, everyone's different, like you're saying, and it's your job as the leader to listen and to find out how you can best communicate to that individual to meet their needs and to. Uh, communicate with them in a way that will get the message across, and you know maybe it's your fault for not communicating the task to them correctly, or they just didn't understand. But you know you have to take that responsibility to learn these people, to learn their strengths, their weaknesses, how they learn, and to uh, adapt to them. Because I'll tell you what, man, right. it's those employees are more important to you than you are to them. At the end of the
2: day, they can Dude, they're, they're, they're gold. Though. Yep, There's right gold, on, man. Uh, when you say adapt, I think. When you, as a chef, can get your ego out of the way and you realize that you're there to keep your employees happy, you don't mind adapting to what they need. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's servant you leadership. You don't
2: mind that. You got it. Right. You don't mind that at all. I mean, you, you just learned that it's best for everybody.
0: You got it, man. Um, so what advice do you have for you know, teamwork in the heat of a moment, in the middle of a rush? How do you power through those you know, just real uphill battles?
2: You know, you just stay calm. And you try to lead how you want them to act like, you know? So if you're not screaming on the line and yelling at people to hurry up and as soon as somebody does that, you can turn to them and say, hey, listen, I'm the chef. Everything is on my shoulders and I'm not screaming. So you can't scream. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, you man. can use yourself as that example in the heat of the rush. And, you know, some people, they're, they're, they're hot-headed. So some people don't listen to that. Yep. They're just pissed, you know, and, and you can talk to them that way. And those things, the backs are treating people differently. Um, You know that hot-headed person. You know you you might be able to get to them through a different tone or a different way. But you know, I think the main thing is you stay calm and you just and you try to show people how you want them to act. Because you gotta assume that every cook on your line wants to be a chef one day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if they want to be a chef one day, you want them to reflect back when you were in the shits on New Year's Eve and you stayed calm.
1: Yeah.
2: And you want them to reflect on that one day. You know.
0: Absolutely, you got it, man. So, what is one restaurant business
2: resource that you love? Oh well, I mean, I love your podcast. Your podcast is great. Thanks, man. Uh, you know what I mean? I love listening to you on the way to work. Um, I love talking to um, other restaurateurs. You know, uh, people who've done it, who own. Yeah. I mean, you know, you meet more and more people as you go along. And then I would say, you know, like our Culinaire is a great like. Um, uh, magazine that comes out you know there's a lot of stuff out there but um you know all of them it depends what i'm looking for you know at times when if you're in that mindset when you're trying to say do a business plan or something you know you might be researching different things than if you were to try to come up with a new dish or um, you know what i mean
0: yeah absolutely makes sense. I, I, absolutely for sure and I, like a lot of people they forget that the people in their community are one of the best resources if you just get out and you just reach out to a neighbor and say hey you know um, i'm in this industry i admire your work and i, I think i could learn a lot from you you'd be surprised how far that can get you who they can connect you with maybe they know investors oh. down the road that they've worked with that they would suggest but if you can cultivate those relationships and just learn from these people and that's what i'm doing i'm learning from people like you i know that right. that people want to share their wisdom their and their mentorship it's just a matter of asking
2: um but that's an you know what? i resource. think you know eric though you should you should you know I, I, as a chef or anything, anything, uh, you should always have these things in your head that you that you want to know, um, and this, you know, the questions you have uh, with the profession. So, you know it might be something as simple as you meet somebody and they say, "I'm an accountant," mm-hmm. and you're like, "Oh, hallelujah!" I have <laughs> questions because I'm doing a business plan and I want to know, you know, am I an S corp am I filing an LLC? You know, you're going to meet these people throughout your life where you can you know, get information from and not have to pay for it.
1: Yeah.
2: And then suddenly you can, and they point you in the direction you need to go, you know? So I think, you know, don't take for granted anybody you meet. Um, when I had my restaurant, um, our little, you know, our little place up the hill, uh, I met, I met a gentleman, um, he was very, you know, uh, not impressive. He just did his own thing. Um, very nice, uh, gentle, very smart. And, um, and I would just treat him like another individual, and, and later on, i find out that you know, he's going to be our future investor.
1: Yeah. You know, so you a lot never of times know who you run
0: you're sitting down with. You know you never know who's you r- don't. across the street you from you on the man. train or on the bus. Like Just say hi start creating those you relationships. You never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Awesome, dude. All right, so yeah. let's talk a little bit about marketing. Um, I mean, we can go traditional marketing, or we can go uh, maybe on the new cutting-edge social media. What advice do you have for us on the topic of marketing?
2: You know, uh, for marketing, you know, of course you got, I, I find Twitter and Instagram are the two easiest and user friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook seems to be a little more personable than the other two.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, uh, it seems to be a little bit more like a, your personal life, but not necessarily business. Um, you know, and then on as far as old school style, um, you know, getting involved in commu- community events. You know, if they're doing, you know, Taste of uh, Hawaii or Taste of New York City or Alex's Lemonade Stand, whatever. I think getting out in those community events and really uh trying, trying hard at them. You know, uh, I think a lot of companies go, ah, I got this event coming up and, you know, I'm really busy or short-staffed. Okay, let's just do X, Y, Z and, and we'll go do it, you know. Yeah. And then and then there is the okay, I got this event coming up and you treat it like a VIP event and you say, Okay, I wanna blow my I I wanna blow people away. I want to let I wanna let them know that at this event I have the best food or I have the most interesting thing to talk about, whatever it may be. So yeah. I think good old community events and trying hard at them is very important.
0: Yeah, you know, I'll take it a step further and, you know, say what I've noticed from studying people, it's combining those community events with your social media feeds. Uh, those are opportunities to enter the conversation. Usually, most of the time, there are Facebook pages and Twitter handles associated with the people that are running these events. If you join that conversation, if you get out there and you start engaging with people on those social media platforms um, as, you, you know, your brand making a comment on someone's post and just saying how excited you are. All the people that are going to be going to that page to learn about this event are going to see your post, And that's just a way to, to pull off the buzz of that event and bring them, bring all these people who are passionate about whatever event that they'll be attending, that they're checking out online. You can pull all those people to your tribe and to create right. new followers. And that's, it's just getting out there and engaging, and tying using these these community events to tie into your your marketing plan. Uh, I mean, if you're going right. right. to, to join these uh, events, you might as well capitalize and uh, you know engage and get some PR out of it. So, uh, well, you, you know,
2: what? you might be working for a company that doesn't allow you to do personal social media or marketing. Yep. They might not allow you to have a or they might ask to um, see all your feeds and your Instagram and Twitter stuff, so if you work for a company like that, which a lot of companies are like that, you know mm-hmm. if you 're the chef or a manager they, they don 't want you just posting any kind of stuff on the on the internet, so the community stuff really allows you to connect with people unadulterated you know mm-hmm. on, on, uh, you know what I mean without it being scrutinized you Absolutely. Know, allows to meet you who you are
0: yeah just get out there and make those connections i get it man yeah
1: um
0: all right so you know technology is changing every day there's new products and services that are coming into Mm -hmm. the market we kind of talked about this earlier you got to stay ahead of the pack um a lot of people think you don't need these technologies but by adopting these technologies you're able to increase the efficiency of your restaurant uh be more effective and buy time so you can work on your restaurant and not in your restaurant so are there any technologies you're seeing uh, your restaurant we using right now that you think is just the, you know, the shit and you just want to spread the word about it? Or is there anything that has your attention that you're not using that you think is totally worth looking into that you want to share with us? Right.
2: Well, I think, uh, for one, you know, good, good POS systems are like an open table. Yeah. I think those are, those are really important for you to really nail down your customer. Um, uh, a good service I gotta say that I think a lot of people should think about using would probably be Swipely. Um, you know, essentially Swifely is a merchant service, that's how they get their business. So they they want your merchant service so you're already paying somebody to do anyways. Mm-hmm. Um so but what Swifley does is let you do your merchant service and then they give you all the information about the person who spent money in your restaurant.
1: Absolutely.
2: So if you're already yeah, and if you're already paying two point eight percent, three percent on your merchant service, why wouldn't you pay that same amount? And receive all the information.
0: And that's a great, yeah, it's a great example of staying ahead of the pack. It's just you—you you don't know these things exist unless you're willing to do the research and, and to make the best investments. And that's why I asked the right. question. Um, tell us a little bit more about the service and the benefits of it.
2: Um, of swipeley? Yeah. Well, I think with swifely is—you just you, you know who spends the most money. You, you know who comes in the more most often. Uh, you know, all those people are important to know, and and it's important for you to break that down to your staff so they understand um, that you know these are the people who are keeping us afloat. You know, because and if, if they don't come in that often, you might have somebody who comes in three times a week, but only only buys a glass and a wine and appetizer, but they're just as expensive as the person who comes in once a week and, and spends uh, you know 500 bucks. You, you know, the point is is that they go out and they tell people afterwards that hey. And they bring their friends in, maybe for a glass of wine at the bar. And if everybody says hi, call them by their name. You know, hello, Mr. Egan. You know, they feel yeah. like they're like in cheers. and cheers. You know what exactly. I mean? Everybody knows their name, and, and I mean that get too far. Um, for sure. Just, know, I, you,
0: no, I just want, I'm going to add to uh, what's also really valuable about the, a service like Swipely. It's not just collecting data on your your guests so you can make smart business decisions to best serve your guests, but you can also track. Uh, information on your employees to see what products they're pushing, uh, what menu items they are neglecting to maybe educate them more on certain menu items to push certain menu items to upsell, to to suggestive sell, uh, who's struggling with, you know, turning tables. I mean, it just gives you so much information where you can quantify these things and make smart business decisions because of it. So thank you for sharing that. It's a
2: great service for sure. Um, Um, you know, we use Google docs, but you know, I have, Sometimes I have a problem though when I send emails out to people with say like a, a Mac user or something. Yeah. So Google Docs are um are good, but I'm, I'm not convinced that it's, like, the answer to all. Yeah, another you know really I mean? cool so, service
0: like that is called Dropbox. You might want to check it out if you're struggling with Google.
2: Oh, yeah, I heard that on one of your past shows. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, check it out. It's awesome. Uh, that's what uh, I use. So the next question, we got to move on because sure? we are kind of running a little late. Um, sure. What is your best business advice for somebody getting in, into the industry? Best business,
2: uh, you know, enjoy the lifestyle, man. You know, if you're going to be a chef, you got to enjoy Farmers market. You mm-hmm. got to drink good. You know, try good wines when you have the chance, uh, chance. Try new cocktails. Uh, you know, try to understand why things are expensive. Like you might not like Paul gras, mm-hmm. but you have to understand its its place in the uh, uh, in the food world. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, learn about you know the good cognacs and why they're good. Um, you know, cook out every chance you have. I don't understand it when I hear cooks and chefs saying I hate cooking when I'm home. I don't get that because, <laughs> uh, you know, that's part of lifestyle, man, you know? And I think, uh, the more you enjoy that, that lifestyle, the easier it is you, the easier it is for you to, uh, take in those long hours, no holidays, all that good, you know, all the other stuff that comes with it, you know? Yeah. I mean, what
0: I'm hearing is just have some gratitude for being able to do what it is you love, um, reflect on, you know, the fact that you even have the option to use your hands to, uh, to, you know, Apply these skills you have to a trade you're passionate about. Uh, Sometimes we kind of get disconnected with that, and you need to take a minute to stop and say, hey, I need to be grateful and just be happy that I have this opportunity and remind yourself of why you're there in the first place. Um, Right. And
2: and you know what? And you got to remember, I think the profession chooses you. Oh, you totally know what I mean man. i you know i don't think you can force yourself into this profession,
0: yeah, uh, you I know I love it. I say it all the time though you don 't choose this industry or this industry, yeah, you don 't choose the restaurant industry, it chooses you for sure, you get right. whether you like it or not, man <laughs> if you 're meant for this industry, it, the industry will find you uh so right so right right on. um so what's one question I could' have asked you, chef, that you think would have added more value to this interview
2: you know what bro you, you have you have great questions in here. Um, you know, the only thing I can ever really think of is, um, is and I was curious on this, on some of the people you brought in, like, say, on the PR and marketing site. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you ever ask them, like, what their, what their schedule is like, their weekly schedule, you know? So, like, say I'm looking for a PR marketing person, and I hear your podcast from this lady from Seattle, and she tells me her schedule, okay, I work from home. I go to the restaurant once a week to update X, Y, Z, and I work from home four days a week. Then when I go to PR marketing person, I have an idea of what to expect because being a chef, I'm going, hey, if I'm hiring you and I'm paying you, you're in this restaurant day in, day out. Mm-hmm. But in all reality, the profession that we're uh, trying to learn about, it doesn't require them to be there, especially with social media and all this new stuff coming out. So Does that what, make sense? yeah, what
0: what advice do you have, Chef Alan, on how to kind of get that schedule going and to create a routine to kind of uh, keep you moving in the right direction?
2: Um, for for myself or yeah. for like uh, somebody else? For you? Uh, well, I, I well, I just think that you know, I think you got to plan out your week. Mm-hmm. You know, like for a chef, I think uh, you know everything needs some plots for a chef. Yeah. So you know. Um, You know, like, say, if you ask me my schedule for a week and I tell her, hey, I have kids and a wife, so I'm up at 7, and I take the kids to school, I come home, I read a cookbook for an hour, I drink a pot of coffee, take notes, and I'm at work by 11, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So, you know, another person out there, and then I get home, say, at 10 o'clock at night. Well, another young and -and up-and-coming chef or another chef who's doing it might hear me talk about it and go, okay, sweet. I I guess I'm going the right direction. You know, because here I was thinking – I'm not putting in, in enough hours or I need to put in more or I'm not or you know what I mean? So and I'm just saying this because I was looking for a PR marketing person and and when I did contact one, they said, Well, hey, I do everything from home. And I was like, Well, is that right? You know, if I didn't know. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? To no, me, I saying, I'm a chef. You worked in the restaurant. There is no questioning that. So yeah, uh, you know, uh something like that would be good, but no big deal. I mean you chef. do a great job. I'm, I mean, I'm happy you asked that music, question, though. right?
0: For sure. I'm happy you asked that question because uh, you know that's a good point you're putting up. Uh, routine and scheduling is so important. There are a lot of tools that exist today that are free that can help you organize your life and you know, just using a, a Google Calendar, for example, or using your, your calendar and your, your smartphone. Uh, so maybe I'll dedicate an episode where we dive into some of the services that exist that can help you organize and plan your day out. So great great question thank you so much and
2: even uh you know good old note taking you know good old fashioned note taking you know exactly what I mean? you you know?
0: yeah for sure i use evernote if you guys haven't heard of evernote yeah it's I, I got
2: evernote it's great yeah
0: it ties into all of your calendars you can set up events reminders it's great but uh we will dive more into that topic so this is where we wrap it up you need to tell me one restaurant professional you admire and you think would make a great addition to the show, and this is why you contacted me. You said, I need to get in touch with some Hawaiian chefs and restaurant professionals, and I said, Correct. all right, man, I'm coming after you first, so uh, who's the I'll, next guy I should go after?
2: I think uh, Alan Wong out in Oahu for King Street Restaurant. Uh, Alan Wong, he's one of the founding fathers of Hawaiian regional Cuisine, smart guy, great mentor, uh, you know, highly educated, um, so I would definitely just go for Alan Wong.
0: Alan Wong, look out, brother. I'm coming after you. Is there any other Hawaiian restaurant folks you need to connect me with that you just are so hungry to say, Eric, man, you need to come out here and interview some of us. Who else is there?
2: you know there's a guy who runs the four seasons on Hawaii. They're always in the top one or two for the best resort in the nation. Uh, he's their general manager. His name's Robert Whitfield and and he's really taken on um, Hawaii uh, four seasons. It's just top notch, yeah. you know, and, and when you're, and it's top notch for you know 13 years running. Mm-hmm. So I think you know when you uh, when you're ahead of that, you know a lot. You know you you have a lot to bring. with him.
0: Yeah, for awesome. I haven't had a hotel general manager on the show yet. That could be interesting. It is all hospitality, so I could entertain that idea. All right, Brian. So, right He's
2: front and back of the house, right? You know what I
0: mean. He's front yeah, and back. The big picture,
2: marketing decisions. He does everything. So yeah. What's his name again? Robert Woodfield.
0: Robert Woodfield. Look out, man. I am coming after you, too. All right. This is where you let the people at home know how we can connect with you. If uh, maybe there's some young, budding culinary professionals or hospitality professionals out in Hawaii who want to connect with you to be a mentor, let's find out how we can connect.
2: Uh, you know what? Just come out to the canoe house at Mundo Bay Hotel on the big island of Hawaii. Uh, or, you know, simple. Shoot me an email at uh, S at gmail.com if you want to come out try new food do anything i mean uh, hawaii is a beautiful place and we're, we're always uh, welcoming new people to come. So uh, in, in either way,
0: it's fine. Awesome, and you can find all of his contact information. They'll be in the show notes, along with all the links to the products and services that we discussed in today's episode. Chef Allen Hess, thank you so much for inspiring us with your success, uh, opening a door into your failures, and serving us some advice that will maximize our own success. You were truly unstoppable. Thank you so much.
2: Oh uh, no problem, man. Thank you
0: another awesome episode here at restaurantunstoppable.com um uh, man that was so great uh chef alan has represent in hawaii i hope everyone else out there is like you i cannot wait to connect with those two guys you had mentioned um sorry the show did go a little longer than usual and i was thinking to myself i gotta edit some of this out and try to shorten it for you guys but then i thought to myself you know while i'm editing and i'm like oh you know man all of this stuff is just so good i can't decide what to keep and what to lose so uh, i just uh yeah but. I kept it all, so there you go. Sorry, it was a little long, but I think you will agree that uh, he was a great guest, and he has some amazing advice for us, uh, and I didn't want to rob you of that. So, hope you don't mind going a little late today. Uh, if you want to check out anything we talked about in today's show, head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 89, and you'll find the links to all the services uh, we talked about to his restaurant, uh, how to connect with him. Everything is right there. Um, And don't forget, if you guys like these shows, connect with me. Uh, Let me know who you want to hear from. I'll go after them. Uh, Give me five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. That really, really, really helps me get noticed. And uh, if I can get noticed, then I can get better guests for you guys. So uh, share this content, spread the word, help a brother out. Until next time, peace
1: out.